0: signal church uh i'm tyler if you're visiting with us for the first time uh, don't worry i'm not the pastor <laughs> so you'll have to come back next week and see darren uh, i'm just filling in while he and his family are away on a, a very well-deserved vacation to cape cod uh, i wish i was there i think they're in cape cod yeah cape cod not me um so the the series that we've been going through is, uh, as you saw in our little bumper video, and you can see up it there, it's it's called When God Doesn't, and you know I think this might be this topic of God doesn't might be one of the most important topics for the American Church right now, and I say that because we live in this kind of like instant, like microwave society where. We don't have like patience, you know what I mean? And that's kind of seeped into the American church where we have these belief systems that, that says, if you do this, then God will do this for you. Or uh, if you believe and, and receive, then you'll get your, your healing or you'll get your financial status that you, that you want. Whatever you want, just believe it and you'll receive it. Now, I believe that these are all good things. Uh, I believe that God will miraculously and instantly heal people. Uh, I believe that he's sovereign over our finances. But what happens when he doesn't? What do we do with that? If we're being taught, if you just believe it, then he'll do it. But what happens when he decides not to? What happens when you don't have your health or the, the, the breakthrough that you've been promised by people in your finances isn't happening and your finances are strapped or when your relationships with people or marriages are dissolving and it seems like God is silent. Well, we're going to unpack some of that this morning uh, a little bit more, but before we do that, we better pray because I'm going to need it this morning. It's been a long week. So Jesus, I just thank you for what you're doing here, God. I, I thank you for bringing these people out to Signal Church this morning, I thank you for those that are watching online right now and um, those that will tune in later, and um, we just thank you for our ability to meet together again. It's been a long time of um, having to do video online, and it's, it's just good to be here in person. I pray you'd be uh, blessing Darren and his family as they're away on, on this trip and that they would have a time of refreshing and um, just relaxing, which they, they definitely need. So we thank you for this morning We pray that you would speak this morning and that my words would be your words. In Jesus' name, amen. So if you guys have your Bibles, um, then turn with me to Habakkuk chapter 2. It's a crazy name, and I'm definitely going to mess that up a lot this morning, but Habakkuk chapter 2, and we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 20. It's the entire chapter. So there's going to be a little bit of reading here. Um, We're also going to have it on the screens. So I'm going to give you a little bit of time to get there. It's in the Old Testament, so uh, or if you have your phone, you just type it in like Chris did, and it's super easy. But turn it to Habakkuk, chapter 2. While you get there, I'm just going to kind of get you caught up if you weren't here in the past couple weeks, um, because this is all like flowing together. So um, just to kind of get you caught up with what we were talking about last week. So Basically, Habakkuk was a a prophet in the Old Testament, uh, and we saw in chapter 1 that he was looking at his world around him, and it was an absolute mess. Like, his world was kind of looking like 2020 right now, like total dumpster fire, as Darren would say. And uh, so he's looking at at his world, and and he's just listing all these complaints, and he's like, God, there's this going on, there's that going on, there's all this sin and brokenness and evil in our world. God, what are you going to do about it? So he he lists all these complaints going through through chapter 1, and as he transitions from chapter 1 to chapter 2, he's basically saying, I'm going to wait, and I'm going to see what you have to say about this. Uh, So let's read chapter 2, and and we're going to see how God responds to Habakkuk. Chapter 1 says, I will climb up to, or first one, actually, not chapter 1. I'll climb up on my watchtower and stand my guard post. There I will will wait and see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Then the Lord said to me, write my answer plainly on tablets so that the runner can carry the correct message to others. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed." Look at the proud, they trust themselves, and and their lives are crooked. But the righteous will live their uh, their faithful lives to God. Wealth is treacherous, and the arrogant are never at rest. They open their mouths as wide as the grave, and like death, they are never satisfied. In their greed, they have gathered up many nations and swallowed many peoples. But soon their captives will taunt them. They will mock them, saying, What sorrow awaits you thieves? Now you'll get what you deserve. You become rich by extortion, but how much longer can this go on? Suddenly your debtors will take action. They will turn on you and take all that you have and you stand trembling and helpless. Because you have have plundered many nations, now all the survivors will plunder you. You committed murder throughout the countryside and filled the towns with violence. What sorrow awaits you who build the big houses with money gained dishonestly? You believe your wealth by security, putting your family's nest beyond the reach of danger. But by the murders you committed, you have shamed the name and forfeited your lives. The very stones in the walls cry out against you, and the beams in the ceilings echo the complaint. What sorrow awaits you who build the cities and money gained through murder and corruption? Has not the Lord of Heaven's armies promised that the wealth of nations will turn to ashes? They work so hard, but all in vain. For as the waters fill the sea, the earth will be filled with an awareness of the glory of God. What sorrow awaits you who make your neighbors drunk? You force your cup on them so that you can gloat over their shameful nakedness, but soon it will be your turn to be disgraced. Come and drink and be exposed. Drink of the cup of the Lord's judgment, and all your glory will be turned will be turned to shame. You cut down the forests of Lebanon, now you will be cut down. You you destroyed the wild animals so now their terror will be yours. You committed murder throughout the countryside and filled the towns with violence. What good is an idol carved by man or a cast image that deceives you? How foolish to trust in your own creation, a God that can't even talk. What sorrow awaits you who say to wooden idols, wake up and save us. To speechless stone images you say, rise up and teach us. Can an idol tell you what to do? They may be overlaid with gold and silver, but they are lifeless inside. But the Lord is, is, ho- is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent before him. Just reading this and just looking at the current events of our day right now, um, not even related to coronavirus or the tropical storm or hurricane. he begins this passage. Look at verse 1. It has this important wording that kind of shows the posture of Habakkuk as he's waiting for the Lord to answer him. Verse 1, it says, I will climb my watchtower. There I will wait to see what the Lord says and how he will answer my complaint. Now, I don't know how many of you guys have watchtowers in your house. Uh, I, I don't. <laughs> Vic has one. Well, it's because you live in Old Saybrook and you got to guard your, your castle. Um, so I, I don't have a watchtower, so you guys are probably like me and thinking, why is this guy going to climb up some tower and just sit there and wait for God to answer him? So most cities in these ancient days, they had a, a stone wall around him. They were fortified cities. And near the city gates, they would have this watchtower that the watchmen or the, the guards Uh, would stand on, and that way they could see their enemies or they could see if there was a messenger coming and they could see that from a distance. So oftentimes the Old Testament prophets would kind of use this language in a way uh, to show their attitude of hope and expectation uh, that God was going to answer them, that God was going to send a message to them. So they're, they're sitting and they're waiting so they can see that message coming from a distance. So they knew that every time they asked God for something, he would answer. And we should expect the same thing. Uh, But sometimes, you know, honestly, sometimes we think that God hasn't answered us because he didn't give us the answer that we were expecting him to give. Have you ever noticed that in your own life, that you've you've asked for something and you've been expecting God is gonna give me this because this has to be his will. And then it's like, no, (laughs) that's not my will. And we think that he just didn't answer us because we didn't get what we wanted. And we're afraid to give him what he wants. So we're going to, like I said, we're going to camp out on this idea of waiting on the Lord and waiting for his response to our requests. And just like it says in verse 3, if it seems slow in coming, wait patiently, for surely it will take place. Have you guys ever noticed that we tend to only wait for things that we have hope for. Like just this week, as I mentioned before, I I waited for three days for my power to come back on. That was was a little rough, and some of you probably waited longer, and some of you that are watching later on this week uh, probably still have no power, because there's still like 200,000 people without power right now. Um, But I waited for three days for my power to come back on so that I could have air conditioning again, because it was a little rough. Uh, the first couple days, then I could have water again, so I can make coffee in the morning, which we all know that mornings without coffee is just not good for anyone. It's bad news. Uh, but you, maybe you're pregnant and you're you're waiting with expectation for your baby to be born, or or maybe you're engaged and you're waiting for your wedding day to finally get here. Um, maybe some of you that are watching right now, you're you're stuck at home and you're having to watch these services online for the past five or six months or however long it's been going on and however long it will be going on. Um, and you're waiting for the time that you can safely come back and be a part of us here in this building. Uh, maybe you're listening to this or or watching as you're, you definitely have nothing better to do and you're, you're at the DMV and you're definitely waiting. And, uh, now there, you're not waiting for anything with any like hopeful expectation of what's going to be happening there, but you know that at some point you're going to leave, and so that is your hopeful expectation, and that is something worth having hope in. But see, we wait for things that are worth waiting for, but why does God make us wait sometimes? And I know it seems a little crazy, but he makes us wait because he loves us. Do You guys remember that story of uh, of Jesus when he raised Lazarus from the dead? So Jesus receives this message that Lazarus is really sick, and his friends and family send the the message to Jesus um, saying, we want you to come and heal Lazarus. Uh, Jesus loved Lazarus. He loved his family. But because Jesus loves Lazarus and Mary and Martha so much, he decides that he's going to wait until Lazarus is dead to show up. And he shows up, and Mary and Martha are like, where were you? If you had come, you knew that he was sick. If you had come, he wouldn't have died. You could have saved him. And you got the message far enough in advance that you could have been here in time. So how does that make any sense? How does it make sense that because Jesus loves them so much, he decides to allow Lazarus to die? Well, he loved them so much because he wanted Lazarus and. Mary and Martha and the rest of the family to experience a person being raised from the dead and, and then teach them about the resurrection. He had a greater plan for them than they could have imagined. And you know, oftentimes God makes us wait because he's doing something greater in us uh, he's, and he's building our character to look more like his. In, in James 1, uh, verses 2 and 3, it says, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider an opportunity for great joy, for you know that your faith is tested and your endurance has a, a chance to grow. And I know that I have been in this place, uh, and it's, it's tough when you're waiting for closure on something, and it's painful, and it's full of unknowns, um, but God had me waiting, and, and God was testing my trust. Um, when, when God tests our faith, and when he's making us wait, he's, he's asking us, do you trust me? Because we'll trust him easily in the beginning. God, you're going to come through, and, and I know the promises that you have for me, but what happens when those are delayed? What happens when it ha- it's not happening in our time? And that's a scary place because it means that we're giving up our control, and we like to be in control, don't we? I definitely like to be in control. Uh, And and we don't like to to wait because we want to have all the answers, like, right now. But God wants us to wait so that we know that he has the answers, he has the control, he hears our complaints, like he heard Habakkuk's complaints, and guess what, he already has it figured out. (laughs) Because verse 3 says, if it, it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it, because it will surely take place. So just like in Habakkuk's day, there's, there's evil and injustice, and it can kind of seem like it has the upper hand in this world, right? Like you turn on the news, and there's nothing good on there. And it's like everywhere you look, there's just like chaos and, and disaster and evil everywhere. And it it's almost seems like we as the church can be defeated in that. Um, and we can kind of feel a little angry sometimes. Have you ever felt angry? As a Christian, when you look out at your world and you're like, God, this is a mess. This is 2020. Why is our world looking like this? Sometimes we feel discouraged and, and we look at the chaos and, and the sin of this world. Just like, we're, like I mentioned in the beginning, we're, we're seeing all this information coming out of the trafficking going on and just the, 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 the worst sin possible is coming to light right now. And stuff that a lot of us don't even know existed. Um, and it's like, God, how can you allow this to happen? And, and so going back to Habakkuk, he, he complained largely about the sin and the destruction that he saw in his world. And he's basically saying, God, how much longer will this injustice continue? He hated seeing the the effects of sin in the world. And I think that as Christians, we should... We should be standing on our watchtower, like Habakkuk. And we should be crying out for our cities and our our state and our country, asking God, how much longer will sin prevail? Imagine if the sin of our world today affected us as the church as much as it affected Habakkuk. When was the last time you went and you just wrote pages of complaints to God about the sin that you see in the world. I've never done that, so right there with you. <laughs> um, but I'm just saying, I mean, what if like we actually were so burdened and distraught over the sin of our world um, that, that we prayed intently and intensely um, for God to, to break through? But what I think is important for us to remember is that God hates sin more than any of us do and the punishment for sin is going to come Like, again like verse 3 said it might seem delayed but it's coming and it's actually not delayed because it's in God's timing but it seems like it can be delayed at times so God hates sin more than any of us do and, and the punishment's going to come there, there will be a day when all things will be made right and until then there will be pain there will be suffering there will be evil but God has it all. He is in control of all of it. And the truth is that Christians, us, the church, will go through hard times. We're going to go through difficult times. And sometimes it can feel like there's no hope. You know, following Jesus, uh, it, does not, it doesn't give us a free pass out of pain. It doesn't give us a free pass uh, out of the hard times that come in life. If anyone's ever promised you that... Um, It's not true. (laughs) In fact, following Jesus might even be an invitation to harder times, if I'm being totally honest. Uh, I know that's been the case in my life, um, where you're doing all the right things, you're following Jesus, you're trying to live your life uh, as godly and and God-honoring as you can. And it's like, where did this come from? Um, But he has it all, and it's all part of his purpose and his plan, I'm just going to ask um, the worship team to come back up here. I'm going to close in a, a few minutes. Um, as I do that, I just want you guys to uh, bow your heads, close your eyes, just to remove any distractions. And um, I just want this to be a time that we can look inwardly and, and focus on uh, our own lives and what, what is God doing. Ask yourself, what is it that you are waiting for? how is God testing your faith and, and how is he testing your trust in him? Or what is something that you've been holding on to so tightly that you can't let it go because of the fear of the unknown? Or have you been waiting patiently for what seems like it's forever and you're just starting to feel tired Of waiting. I think this is the time and and what God wants to communicate to you is that this is the time to climb back up onto your watchtower and regain that posture of expectation that the Lord's answer is coming to you. So as the worship team just plays this last song, um, I'm not going to say you have to all stand. Uh, If you want this to be a time that you just sit and pray and reflect And just have a moment with the Lord. Um, Worship however you feel you need to right now. Um, And just connect with God in this.